I want to sing that again. <laughs> Guys, you can grab a seat, all right? You know, at the, the front, the forefront of what the Bible teaches and shows us about Jesus is that he died and that he rose again. And so the Apostles' Creed captures it like this. He descended into hell, and the third day he rose again from the dead. Now, just preceding this line, it says he was crucified, that he suffered, that he died, and that he was buried. And so to seal the deal, to make absolutely sure that it is communicated in no uncertain terms, it says, and he descended into hell. But three days later, he rose from the dead, victorious, triumphant, physical, and renewed. Hell in resurrection. I find that there is a lot of confusion around both, including among Christians. I meet some who have no problem understanding that Jesus died, but he went to hell. I've had conversations with well-intended Christians who think that they know the Bible better than they actually do. Who will say things like, well, the Bible never says that he descended into hell, so certainly that can't be true. I've met others who, of course, say that Jesus died but can't wrap their mind around the idea of resurrection. For some, they're okay with the idea that, okay, maybe Jesus died and his soul went to heaven. Others, who are more of a secular mindset that said, well, Jesus died, and that's probably about it. Because common sense and experience teaches us something, doesn't it? Simply put, dead people don't come back to life. But the Bible and this creed say he did. You know, Jesus said something very different to, I think, the common sense expectation of the day. Jesus said this. Jesus said, I have come to die. And Jesus said, three days later, I will rise from the dead. And history has verified it. He descended into hell, and the third day he rose again from the dead. Not just in some spiritual, metaphorical kind of way, physically, triumphantly, victoriously, and renewed. If his descent into hell is sealing his death, his resurrection from the dead is the surprising twist. And both come melding together to speak into something deeper. A reign, a rule, and a victory that we are here in Jesus proclaiming. So let's dig into it a little bit. Let's, uh, let's pick it apart, and I want to start with this line. He descended into hell. Now, just like the New Testament, 
the Apostles' Creed was written in Greek. And in Greek and in the Greek New Testament, you will find any number of words that get translated as our English word, hell. Three, to be exact. And all three of these words that the New Testament and the Apostles' Creed drawing upon it chooses to use are analogies. What the biblical writers are doing is they're taking in understanding that the people and the culture of their day would have and draw upon it to help them make sense of what's happening in this world and what Christ has come to accomplish and do. And so in the Greek New Testament and here in the Apostles' Creed, the Greek word that it draws on is this. He descended into Hades. Now, Hades, in Greek thought, is the realm of the dead. Put another way, when you die, that's where you go. If you're righteous, you go to Hades. If you're wicked, you go to Hades. When you die, you go to Hades. When I die, I go to Hades. It's where dead people go. And so some translations of the Apostles' Creed, drawing on this, will translate it a bit differently. They'll say something like this. He descended to the dead. He descended to the grave, which is most certainly true. But in my opinion... And what the creed is trying to impress is that it doesn't quite do justice to the phrase. Because while Jesus certainly descended to the dead, if you will, while he certainly was dead, while he certainly went to the grave, he did something more. He went to the very stronghold of the kingdom of death itself. Now, it would be wrong to think he went there to suffer. It would be wrong to think he went there to be tormented. It would be wrong to think that he went there to kind of complete his work or finish the job of of giving himself over for our sins. It would be wrong to think that he went there to, to live under the lordship of the devil or any other kinds of weird derivations that might come. So if that's what he didn't do when he went there, what in fact did he do. Well, we have a short video that we'd like to show you today that I think speaks so amazingly into this. So let's kill the lights and let's, uh, let's take a look. Now, if you did not follow the plot line, let me simply say you need more anime and biblical imagery in your life. And here at Fellowship of Faith, we are committed to meeting you exactly where you're at and will help you with both. Let me read those lyrics again. We're taking back our freedom 
Our battle has been won. We have been liberated. Back from the dead we've come. Do you see him? King of heaven, champion of all creation, eyes of fire, voice of thunder, tearing through the sky in wonder. Dressed in light, we see him coming on a horse that's white like lightning. Do you see him? Do you see him? Do you see him? Do you see him? He descended into hell. Do you see him? He went down into hell. Do you see him? He went down in victory. Do you see him? He went down to kick in its gates. Do you see him? He went on to storm the enemy capital. Do you see him? He went to overthrow the Lord of death itself. Do you see him? Do you see him? He descended into hell. Into hell. The victory is won. The enemy has fallen. Death has been overthrown. Do you see him? Do you understand? Do you know what it means to proclaim that Jesus descended into hell? This is no whimpering in the night. This is no crawling in a hole. This is the conquering hero going forth saying not even death has dominion over this world anymore because the the King of kings and the Lord of lords has come and there is life and resurrection in him. Do you see it? Do you see it? Do you hear it? Do you hear it? Do you understand it? Do you understand it? Do you believe it? Do you believe it? Because Jesus descent into hell is the victory chant and war cry of the people of God for all space and time. That makes all the difference when you are standing at the casket of your loved one, when you are facing impending death, when you are thrown to the lions, and when life is ebbing away. It is the way of shouting out that in this world, God has won, and not even the undefeated hero of death or villain of death can beat the hero of Jesus Christ because he descended into Hades and opened its gates and set the people free. There are some of you here who are terrified of death. There are some of you here for whom the, the, the prospect of death creates this low-grade anxiety that is always compiling and the background. There are some of you here standing before the fear of an impending death, powerless of not knowing what to do. There are some of you here grieving at someone who has been taken by the enemy. But he descended into hell. He descended into hell. Death, do you think you've won? You think you've won? Jesus has come. And he's come to grind your face into the ground. Do you see what Jesus did and what it means to shout, he descended into hell. Do you see it? Do you hear it? Do you get it what it means? Put it on your lips as your war cry. Do it with me. He descended into hell. That sucked. <laughs> Say it like you believe it. 
and not like we're doing some exercise because that is the difference between a living faith and understanding flat realities. Because when you take it into your heart and it wouldn't become something that you spit in death's face, not because I'm strong, but because he is, then you are experiencing just a taste of what life with God is all about. And so the creed says he descended into hell and immediately thereafter says this, he, he rose from the dead, but look at this. What does Jesus say? I am the living one. I was dead and now look, I am alive forever and ever and I hold what? The keys of death and of Hades. Look at what Jesus says. On this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of Hades itself will not overcome it. Because he descended into hell, and as the creed says, the third day he rose again from the dead. Because you know what happens? Do you know what happens? When prisoners of death have been liberated, have been set free from the stronghold that enslaves them, they come back to life. And so Paul will write this. Christ indeed has been raised from the dead. The first fruits of those who have fallen asleep because we follow and worship one that not even death is strong enough to defeat, that not even death can hold. Let me read this passage to you today. It's amazing what Paul in the New Testament has to say. Listen to this. If Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. More than that, we are found to be false witnesses about God, for we have testified about God that he raised Christ from the dead. But if he in fact did not raise him, then the dead are not raised. And if the dead are not raised, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins, and those who have died in Christ are lost. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are to be pitied among all people. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead. The first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For just as death came through a man, so the resurrection of the dead also comes through a man. For as an Adam all died, in Christ all will be made alive. But catch this. But each, in his own turn, Christ the firstfruits, then when he comes, those who belong to him. 
Then the end will come when he hands over the kingdom to God the Father after he has destroyed all dominion, all authority, all power. He must reign until he has put all enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. He descended into hell to proclaim his victory. He came back from the dead, the first fruits, the Bible calls it. The first among those victorious over death and for anyone who is in Christ. That means resurrection for you too. Not your body decaying in the ground with your soul flitting out somewhere. Back to life, baby. Physical and real, transformed and renewed. The resurrection of Jesus changed everything for his disciples These would-be followers of Jesus, cowering in their homes, uncertain in their faith, and duplicitous and mixed in their motive and mind. When they witnessed the risen Christ, it changed everything. Boldness and confidence to face even death itself rather than, rather than denigrate or turn their back on the victor over death himself. It changed everything. The resurrection of Jesus changed everything for his enemies. The very person who wrote this phrase hated Christ, an enemy of Christ, saw him as a vicious pariah to be stamped out, a heresy beyond heresies, corrupting This world, when he came face to face with Christ, it caused him to rethink everything. And this once enemy of Christ gave his life, his very life, through suffering and death, to proclaiming just this. And the resurrection of Christ, when you come face to face with it, will change everything for you too. We had a baptism today. And I love what this same former enemy of Christ, now turned prophet, has to say. Listen to this. Don't you know that all who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. For if we have been united with him like this in his death, we will certainly also be united with him in his resurrection. If you are in Christ, if you give yourself to Christ, if you call on him as your Savior and Lord, if you put your allegiance and stock in with Christ, the Bible says you are connected with him, that his death becomes your death. But his resurrection, your resurrection to come. And life, that's what he does. That's what he did. He comes to defeat the great enemy called death itself and bring life to those in his name. This is what these Christians were trying to capture in this simple phrase, he descended into hell. And the third day, he rose from the dead.
May this weird, different, counterintuitive proclamation of Jesus himself bring you to share in the victory that's his. Let me leave you with one final passage today. Fifty days after Jesus rose from the dead, the apostle Peter said this, and I'll take his words and say them to you. People of FOF, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth, of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did among you through him as you yourselves know. This man was handed over to you by God's set purpose and foreknowledge. And you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death, because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. No mere prophet, Lord Jesus, we come to you today as the hero and victor over the kingdom of death itself. In meekness and gentleness and humility, you handed yourself over. You gave yourself of your own accord to suffer under Pontius Pilate to be crucified, to die, and to be buried. And by that price you paid, by that victory, you went to hell and kicked in its gates and overthrew the kingdom of death itself. You've shown yourself as one more powerful than death. You have shown yourself victorious over the grave. In you may we find life and hope and freedom in victory no matter what we face. In you we have a hero. In you we have a champion. In you we have a savior. In you we see king of kings and lord of lords. In you we have the hope and promise of resurrection and even now, life in your name. Give us that hope. Strengthen our faith when it falters. Open our eyes to see exactly who you are. and what you've done for me. Lord Jesus, we pray. Amen. And I invite you to rise one last time.
And may the victory, the hope of the conquering victorious Jesus set your eyes on life, resurrection, and freedom from death and hell in him.